well, it's a privilege to be um, meeting up with you uh, as the people of Parkend. Uh, unfortunately, I can't meet up and have a cup of tea or uh, shake your hand uh, in these um, strange times. But it is a privilege. I'm grateful uh, for the invitation uh, to speak to you like this and to open God's word uh, with you uh, this evening. Uh, what a privilege it is that uh, whatever our circumstances, uh, we get to come and worship. We get to come and uh, join together under God's word and be taught of God himself uh, by his word. As you have gathered from the readings, um, I'm going to have a look at a very, very familiar section uh, of uh, the New Testament of Jesus' teaching. It comes in Matthew uh, chapter 5, and it comes immediately after the Beatitudes. Uh, however you say that in English, you'll note that my English hasn't improved any uh, during lockdown. Um, not many people to speak English to in Llandasil, um, but you'll have to bear with me. We are going to look at these verses in, in Matthew 5 and specifically these well-known verses where Jesus talks about God's people uh, as being salt and light. Matthew 5 verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth. If salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I was telling you about my English. I remember my English teacher trying to impress upon me um, the differences in the tenses uh, of the verbs. And uh, I do remember um, certain tenses. And when you come to the New Testament, there are particular things that are very interesting. For example, um, in Scripture, in Jesus' teaching, in the teaching of the Apostles, they always... Um, express the indicative mood uh, before the imperative. That is, um, they say what is true first, and then they talk about how that truth should work its way out. I think that uh, one of the ways that, um, yeah, we've gone astray in our own lives and the devil is able to use these things to um, take away our joy and to take away our hope that we think of the imperative first, that we think what we should be doing, whereas the Bible says, no, no, first of all, who are you? Um, and here again, Jesus says, this is who you are. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to those people that he's called to follow him, called into a relationship with him. And he says, you are uh, the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And then he goes on to say, well, what does that mean practically? Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And it is important, I think, that we are just reminded anew that, yeah, it's not what we do, but who we are that governs what we do. It doesn't work the other way around. Um, we can try and um, teach ourselves and teach other to do this, that, the other. Um, 
But the Bible talks about a heart change. It talks about coming to a relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. It talks about that conviction of sin, which brings us to trust in Jesus' life and death for us. And the Bible uh, announces that by believing, we become children of God. And then he goes on to say how the children of God should live their lives. But that's where uh, we start. And that's where Jesus starts uh, in these verses. Just want to say as well, it's interesting, isn't it, how Jesus moves from how the world treats Christians to how Christians should live in the world. Remember in the preceding verses, he talks about the blessedness of those of his children who are persecuted for righteousness sake. And here he's moving from that expectation that we should have uh, with respect to how the world treats us, straight on to uh, how we should live in that world, uh, in that world which is in opposition uh, to the gospel. Our lives based on who we are, that is, um, the light of the world, the salt of the earth. What is true of us then leads on to what should be true of our lives. Now, um, these themes of salt and light, they're things that crop up throughout the Bible. Um, just with respect to um, salt, now salt was an essential commodity. Um, it was a valuable commodity. And indeed, um, you know, if you're minded to study Leviticus, you will know that um, the salt of the covenant, as Leviticus puts it, um, should never be missing uh, from your offerings. Uh, with all your offerings, you shall offer salt. So the value of the commodity was not just value in and of itself, but God placed a value on it. And it had um, amazing purifying properties. Remember that when Elisha, for example, took over from Elijah and the people of the city, um, after um, trying to go and find Elijah, see where he was, he came back, acknowledged Elisha as God's prophet, said to him what a great city it was that they lived in. But the only problem was that the, the water was stale and um, Elisha poured salt into the well where the water sprung and uh, the water became sweet. We know that throughout, throughout the Bible, um, this theme of salt and the purifying effect of salt, the value of salt, um, all of that, the covenant value of salt is emphasized. And in the same way, Jesus wants to talk about the value of his children, of his people uh, within uh, the world in which they live. In the same way, um, Paul, when he when he talks about how we live, he, you remember that in, in Colossians, uh, in chapter 4, verse 5 on, he talks about the essential of walking in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of our time. And then he says in Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer each person. This salt is the salt that um, lives, exists uh, in the world. That world where the gospel will go to every corner of it. 
And in that world, there will be a difference. There'll be a difference between God's people and those who don't uh, love him. We will need to be apart. And yet, we know that one of the essentials uh, with salt is that it doesn't purify anything. It doesn't preserve anything unless, it, unless it's rubbed in. So, the verses talk about God's people as being apart. Um, you're the salt, you're the light in a dark world. But it is in that world that we live and that we witness and that we testify. We know who we are and we know what our responsibility is. And having had our hearts purified by God's grace, um, by your obedience to the truth, according to the Apostle P Peter, uh, we are to love one another. We've been born again, not of a perishable, but of an imperishable seed through the living and abiding word of God. Now that we have been born again, so our responsibility now is to live that life, rubbing that preserving influence of the gospel, the light of the gospel, um, bringing that light uh, into uh, our world. Now, I don't know how things have been with you uh, during lockdown and what opportunities you've had to uh, live out your Christian life. We've not been allowed to see many people, but it's been um, a period where we've probably seen our families, our husbands, our wives, uh, our children, if you have children living at home, um, our neighbours perhaps, more than we would normally. And um, looking back, I wonder um, whether you've um, had a blessing from being able to be salt and light within that period. Jesus is calling us to be um, such a people. He's calling us to be such a witness in this world. And it is a high privilege. I was speaking about how the salt uh, is a theme biblically. But think of the glory of uh, God's word saying to God's people, you are the light of the world. Now, we know the Bible emphasizes that when it talks about light, it talks, for example, about God uh, being light. Uh, 1 John 1 says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. James talks about uh, every good gift, every perfect gift coming from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. The psalmist talks about the Lord, my God, who is great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. And to um, Paul, when he speaks to Timothy, he talks about the Lord Jesus as the one alone who dwells in uh, unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. So God is light. Jesus is the light of the world. We know that um, John starts his gospel talks about the Lord Jesus Christ and he says in him was life and the life was the light of men the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome him and Jesus himself 
in John 8 talks about himself as saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And further on, he talks about as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I've come into the world as light. And uh, Isaiah, looking forward to Jesus' coming, um, prophesied in chapter 9, remember, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. So God is light. Jesus is the light of the world. God's word is light. Um, the psalmist, um, I'm sure you will remember many of these verses. The psalmist talks about um, with God is the fountain of life in your light do we seen to see light send out your light and your truth let them lead me the unfolding of your word gives light and we understand that um, even though all of creation um, bears witness to who god is it is particularly through scripture that the light of um, god's revelation is revealed to our hearts and to our minds. <coughs> we know that the gospel is light. Um, and even though uh, men by nature um, have been blinded um, to keep them, keep them from seeing the light of the gospel or the glory of Christ who is the image of God, um, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, the one who is the light of the world. For God said, the, for the God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So having been brought to know God who is light, to um, experience the grace and love of the Lord Jesus Christ who is the light of the world, and by God's Spirit, um, having God's Word be the light to our path, having been brought into that light, we now bring that light into the world in which we live. At one, one time we were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord, according to the Apostle. Walk as children of the light. We live that life um, in a world of darkness. I don't want to be, you know, um, pessimistic or um, negative, but we understand and um, we understand from scripture. We understand particularly from the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. We understand both from the Old Testament and the New Testament. We understand clearly where we live. And we live in a world where there is much need of light where there is much need of salt. And our light needs to be heard and seen as we live our lives before the world. That, our light, uh, that the light um, is able to be heard and seen, even in our lives, even in a sinner's life. We become imitators of uh, the Lord. That passage that you heard read from 1 Thessalonians, there is a, a beauty to the way that um, Paul describes uh, these Christians in Thessalonica. Uh, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. 
for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. So we need not say anything. There was a, a light, there was a presence, there was a salt about their presence, uh, both within the church and uh, within their communities. So in these metaphors, Jesus talk, teaches us about the responsibility of um, a Christian in a non-Christian or a sub-Christian or a post-Christian uh, society, however uh, you want to describe uh, our context today. He emphasizes the difference between Christians and non-Christians, between the church and the world. Um, and Jesus talks about the influence uh, that Christians ought to have uh, on the non-Christian environment. The distinction is clear. <coughs> Excuse me. That's just a cold, by the way, um, before you send me off for a test. But to come back and to close. Jesus, in this metaphor, he he references this salt um, with respect to the world, which is like rotting meat, and you are to be preservers. The world is in a dark night. You are to be the light of the world. Um, and then he goes on from that distinction uh, to talk about the influence that we should have. We are to hinder social decay. We are to illumine society and show a different way. And there are those two things in Jesus' teaching. You know, a lot of Christians will accept that there's a difference between Christians and non-Christians, between the church and the world. They'll accept that God's new society, the church, is as different from the old society as salt is from rotting meat or uh, uh, light is from darkness. Interestingly, talking about this, and I'll close with this quote, John Stott, who was a, a vicar in London for many years, um, talks about too many Christians um, who stop there. Too many people whose whole preoccupation is with survival, that is, maintaining the distinction. The salt must retain its saltiness, they say. It mustn't become contaminated. The light must retain its brightness. It shouldn't be smothered by the darkness. And John Stott goes on to say, well, yeah, that, of course, is true. But that's merely survival. Salt and light are not just different from their environment. They are to have a powerful influence on their environment. The salt is to be rubbed into the meat to stop it rotting. The light is to shine into the darkness. It has to be set as a lamp on a stand, has to give light to the world. That's the influence uh, that God's people should have. Now, whether that's at home with your family, whether that's in your work environment, whether that's in your street, um, God's call is clear. You know who you are. You are um, the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So um, bring that salt, rub that salt into your relationships, into people's lives, 
bring that light um, to illumine the darkness uh, in which we live. We give thanks to God for his word and we pray God's blessing uh, on his word and on God's people as they witness uh, within this context for his name's sake. Amen.